Welcome to Manna for Breakfast, the daily Bible reading devotional which chronologically takes you through the Word of God from Genesis to Revelation in one year. Grab a cup of coffee and your Bible and join us as we journey together through God's Word. Good morning. Welcome, everyone. I'm going to be recording on an SD card and have um, hopefully all everything set up for backup so we can do the podcast. So if things get really weird, we will have the podcast edited and up for you with all of the breaks and, and fails of the uh, internet edited out. So we will, I think we'll just get right into it this morning because I really, really don't like all these delays that we've been having lately. So we will pray and we will just look into God's word today. Father, thank you for this morning and blessing us, bringing us here together. Thank you for having the camera and that radio work right now. Just pray that you keep that connection open and going. So we do bless you and ask you to guide us as we look through your word this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. So we are finishing Leviticus today. Some of you are rejoicing. <laughs> not, not everybody's favorite book because of all these strange details in it. But it is what it is, and it is important. It does give us a really amazing, a, a phenomenal um, appreciation for the grace of God and the times that we live in. So let's look at the, the last chapters here. Blessings of obedience. Verse 1. You shall not make for yourselves idols, nor shall you set up for yourselves an image or a sacred pillar, nor shall you place a figured stone in your land to bow down to it, for I am the Lord your God. You shall keep my Sabbaths and reverence my sanctuary. I am the Lord. If you walk in my statutes and keep my commandments, so as to carry them out, then I shall give you rains in their seasons, so that the land will yield its produce and the trees of the field will bear their fruit. Indeed, your threshing will last for you until grape gathering, and grape gathering will last until sowing time. You will thus eat your food to the full and live securely in the land. I shall also grant peace in the land so that you may lie down with no one making you tremble. I shall also eliminate harmful beasts from the land, and no sword will pass through your land. But you will chase your enemies, and they will fall before you by the sword. Five of you will chase a hundred, and a hundred of you will chase ten thousand. And your enemies will fall before you by the sword. So I will turn toward you, and make you fruitful, and multiply you, and I will confirm my covenant with you. You will eat the old supply, and clear out the old because of the new. Moreover, I will make my dwelling among you, and my soul will not reject you. And I will also walk among you, and be your God, and you shall be my people. I am the Lord your God, who brought you out of the land of Egypt, so that you would not be their slaves. I broke the bars of your yoke, and made you walk erect. But if you do not obey me, and do not carry out all these commandments... If instead you reject my statutes and if your soul abhors my ordinances so as not to carry out all my commandments and so break my covenant, I in turn 
will do this to you. I will appoint over you a sudden terror, consumption, and fever that will waste away the eyes and cause your soul to pine away. Also, I will sow, sow your seed uselessly, for your enemies will eat it up. I will set my face against you so that you will be struck down before your enemies, and those who hate you will rule over you, and you will flee when no one is pursuing you. If also after these things you do not obey me, then I will punish you seven times more for your sins. I will also break down your pride of power. I will also make your sky like iron and your earth like bronze. Your strength will be spent uselessly and your land will not yield its produce and the trees of the land will not yield their fruit. If then you act with hostility against me and are unwilling to obey me, I will increase the plague on you seven times according to your sins. I will let loose among you the beasts of the field which will bereave you of your children and destroy your cattle and reduce your number so that your roads lie deserted. And if by these things you are not turned to me but act as with hostility against me, then I will act with hostility against you, and I, even I, will strike you seven times for your sins. I will also bring upon you a sword which will execute vengeance for my covenant, and when you gather together in your cities, I will send pestilence among you so that you shall be delivered into enemy hands. When I break your staff of bread, ten women will bake your bread in one oven and they will bring back your bread in rationed amounts so that you will eat and not be satisfied. Yet if in spite of all this you do not obey me but act with hostility against me, then I will act with wrathful hostility against you, and I, even I, will punish you seven times for your sins. Further, you will eat the flesh of your sons and the flesh of your daughters you will eat. I then will destroy your high places and cut down your incense altars and heap your remains on the remains of your idols, for my soul shall abhor you. I will lay waste your cities as well, and will make your sanctuaries desolate, and I will not smell your soothing aromas. I will make your land desolate, so that your enemies who settle in it will be appalled over it. You, however, I will scatter among the nations, and will draw out a sword after you. As your land becomes desolate, and your cities become waste, then the land will enjoy its Sabbaths, and all the days of your desolation while you are in your enemy's land. Then the land will rest and enjoy its Sabbaths. All the days of its desolation, it will observe the rest which it did not observe on your Sabbaths while you were living on it. As for those of you who may be left, I will also bring weakness into their hearts in the land of their enemies. And the sound of a driven leaf will chase them, and even when no one is pursuing, they will flee as though from the sword, and they will fall. They will therefore stumble over each other as if running from the sword, although no one is pursuing them, and you will have no strength to stand up before your enemies. But you will perish among the nations, and your enemies' land will consume you. 
So those of you who may be left will rot away because of their iniquity in the land of your enemies, and also because of the iniquity of their forefathers. They will rot away with them. If they confess their iniquity and the iniquity of their forefathers, and in their unfaithfulness, which they committed against me, and also in their acting with hostility against me, I also was acting with hostility against them, to bring them into the land of their enemies. Or if their uncircumcised heart becomes humbled, so that they then make amends for their iniquity, then I will remember my covenant with Jacob, and I will remember also my covenant with Isaac, and my covenant with Abraham as well. And I will remember the land, for the land will be abandoned by them and will make up for the Sabbaths while it is made desolate without them. They, meanwhile, will be making amends for their iniquity because they rejected my ordinances and their souls abhorred my statutes. Yet in spite of all this, when they're in the land of their enemies, I will not reject them nor will I abhor them as to destroy them, breaking my covenant with them. For I am the Lord their God, but I will remember for them the covenant with their ancestors, whom I brought out of the land of Egypt in the sight of the nations, that I might be their God. I am the Lord. These are the statutes and the ordinances and laws which the Lord established between himself and the sons of Israel through Moses at Mount Sinai. Chapter 27. Again, the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to the sons of Israel and say to them, When a man makes a difficult vow, he shall be valued according to your valuation of persons belonging to the Lord. If your valuation is of the male from 20 years even to 60 years old, then your valuation shall be 50 shekels of silver after the shekel of the sanctuary. Or if it is a female, then your valuation shall be 30 shekels. If it be from five years even to 20 years old, then your valuation of the male shall be 20 shekels and for the female 10 shekels. But if they are from a month even up to five years old, then your valuation shall be five shekels of silver for the male. And for the female, your valuation shall be three shekels of silver. If they are from 60 years old and upward, if it is a male, then your valuation shall be 15 shekels and for the female, 10 shekels. But if he is poor, then your valuation, then he shall be placed before the priest, and the priest shall value him according to the means of one who vowed the priest shall value him. Now, if it is an animal or of the kind which man can present as an offering to the Lord, it shall be holy. He shall not replace it or exchange it a good for a bad or a bad for a good. Or if he does exchange animal for animal, then both it and its substitute shall become holy. If, however, it is an unclean animal of the kind which men do not present as an offering to the Lord, then he shall place the animal before the priest. The priest shall value it as either good or bad. As you, the priest, value it, so it shall be. But if he should ever wish to redeem it, then he shall add one-fifth of it to your valuation, and if a man consecrates his house as holy to the Lord, then the priest shall value it as either good or bad, as the priest values it, so it shall stand. Yet if the one who consecrates it should wish to redeem his house, then he shall add one-fifth valuation price to it, so that it may be his. 
Again, if a man consecrates to the Lord part of the fields of his own property, then your valuation shall be proportionate to the seed needed for it. A homer of barley seed at 50 shekels of silver. If he consecrates his field as of the year of Jubilee, according to your valuation, it shall stand. Now, if he consecrates his field after the Jubilee, however, then the priest shall calculate the price for him proportionate to the year's that are left until the year of Jubilee, and it shall be deducted from your valuation. If the one who consecrates it should ever wish to redeem the field, then he shall add one-fifth of the valuation price to it, so that it may pass to him. Yet if he will not redeem the field, but has sold the field to another man, it may no longer be redeemed. And when it reverts to the Jubilee, the field shall be holy to the Lord. Like a field set apart, it shall be for the priest as his property, or if he consecrates to the Lord a field which he has bought, which is not a part of the field of his own property, then the priest shall calculate for him the amount of your valuation up to the year of Jubilee, and he shall on that day give your valuation as holy to the Lord. In the year of the Jubilee, the field shall return to the one from whom he bought it, to whom the possession of the land belongs." Every valuation of yours, moreover, shall be after the shekel of the sanctuary. The shekel shall be twenty geras. However, the firstborn among animals, which as a firstborn belongs to the Lord, no man may consecrate it, whether ox or sheep, it is the Lord's. But if it is among the unclean animals, then he shall redeem it according to your valuation, and add to it one-fifth of it. And if it is not redeemed, then it shall be sold according to your valuation. Nevertheless, anything which a man sets apart to the Lord out of all that he has, of man or animal, or of the fields, or of his own property, shall not be sold or redeemed. Anything devoted to destruction is most holy to the Lord. No one who may have been set apart among men shall be ransomed. He shall surely be put to death. Thus all the tithe of the land, of the seed of the land, or the fruit of the tree, is the Lord's, it is holy to the Lord. If, therefore, a man wishes to redeem part of his tithe, he shall add to it one-fifth of it. For every tenth part of herd or flock, whatever passes under the rod, the tenth one shall be holy to the Lord. He is not to be concerned whether it is good or bad, nor shall exchange it, nor if he does exchange it, then both it and its substitute shall become holy. It shall not be redeemed. These are the commandments which the Lord commanded Moses for the sons of Israel at Mount Sinai. End of the book of Leviticus. And we see this tremendous law, but I want to say this tremendous offer being given by God to his children and saying, look, if you will allow me to be your father, if you will come under my authority in this family called Israel, I will always bless you. I will always protect you. No one will be able to gain victory over you or conquer you. In fact, nobody's going to be able to kill any of you. It sounds like you're going to put, you know, 10 of you up at 10,000 to flight. You will be inconquerable. You will always have bread and produce and rain. And you can always count on me in the future you will always know that there's a that there's going to be a blessing in the future because you can use up your old store grain, eat it up because you're not going to have to worry about a drought in the future, anything in the future.
it, your future is secure and your safety is secure, your blessing is secure, and I will dwell among you as, and keep this, kind of keep trying, even trying to get, get this in your mind, which is impossible, that I, as creator of the entire universe, will dwell among you. That would be like you and I, not even close, but at least for comparison, deciding that we were going to dwell amongst amoebas. <laughs> you know, we are going to dwell amongst these little tiny things floating around. And, and if we had the ability to somehow communicate with them. But you see what I'm saying? It's such an, uh, an amazing idea we can't even think about it in one sense. We casually say, oh, God's dwelling amongst his people. That's cool. But um, go look at the stars and spend some time thinking about creation and the size of the universe and the complexity of the universe and, um, and how many billions and billions of galaxies there are. And then read that verse that says, and I will dwell among you and be your God and guide you and direct you. So this is no small thing that he's saying, <laughs> literally. And he gives this ultimatum with them. Now, it's, it's the ultimatum that a, a loving father would give their child. If you decide not to obey me, then you're going to get a spanking. You, there will be discipline. Of course, this is in a very strong discipline because he knows it, it will affect the lives of those in the community and afterwards. It's not just about being naughty. It's about being destructive and causing others pain and suffering and death that can come to the entire population and, and, and go into the next generation, the next generation. So, so he says, if you don't do these things, I will allow your enemies to come in and conquer you. You won't have fields. You won't have any of this stuff. And then he gets this whole thing into the year of Jubilee. And if you don't respect the year of Jubilee, if you don't allow the, the Sabbath rest and respect the Jubilee and all this, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to demand of you that all of those Sabbath rests I'm going to demand of you, which is exactly what he did when he sent him to Babylon. And and so we have all of these things, plus now at the very end, the valuation of the property and the people. So there is, there is in a sense, the the um, usefulness of the person to the community. And again, this is, I think, is more in context of the beginning of a nation being established under God for service to him. And they, they were to realize that they were the Lord's. They belonged to him. They were purchased in a sense. Even in the Old Testament of the price, because he had sent Moses and he had rescued them, their redeemer that had brought them out and had battled for them. And so they, they had a redemption price. He brought them out at the, at the Passover and he redeemed the firstborn. So you have all of these laws there concerning that. And we're not to take away that... Women have less value than men in front of God. They had the aspect of service and labor and protection. The men had a valuation placed higher because they had a more strenuous and a much more demanding responsibility as they had to go out and do all of the dangerous work. The women stayed at home and were helping in all the other cases. And of course, that's not to say that there weren't women like Deborah that went out and did great battles. There were, for sure. God used them. But God had set this up in the culture as he saw fit. So I don't have a problem with it. Anyway, we will now move on into the book of Mark and go through Mark 11. When evening came, they would not go out of the city. As they were passing by in the morning, they saw the fig tree withered from 
the roots up. Being reminded, Peter said to him, Rabbi, look, the fig tree which you cursed has withered. And Jesus answered, saying to them, have faith in God. Truly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be taken up and cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that which he says is going to happen, it will be granted him. Therefore I say to you, all things which you pray and ask believe that you have received them, and they will be granted to you. Whenever you stand praying, forgive. If you have anything against anyone, so that your Father who is in heaven will also forgive your transgressions. But if you do not forgive, neither will your Father who is in heaven forgive your transgressions. Verse 27. They came again to Jerusalem, and as he was walking in the temple, the chief priests and the scribes and the elders came to him and began saying to him, By what authority are you doing these things, and who gave you this authority to do these things? And Jesus said to them, I will ask you one question, and you answer me, and then I will tell you about what authority I do these things. Was the baptism of John from heaven or from men? Answer me. And they began reasoning amongst themselves, saying, If we say from heaven, he will say, Then why did you not believe him? But shall we say from men? They were afraid of the people, for everyone considered John to have been a real prophet. Answering, Jesus said, We do not know. And Jesus said to them, Nor will I tell you by what authority I do these things. So Jesus is the perfect debater when it comes to religious theological conversations or debates. And he is not going to open up and say, I do these things by the power of Jehovah, of Yahweh, because then they would manipulate that and turn that around on him. He knew they would somehow, they had something, some argument there to come against him. And of course, he could have gone on and on, but the reason why I think he argues that he wants the people. It's more for the people. And he's getting the people to go, hey, wait a minute, why didn't the rabbis, we think that John was a prophet of God, he was a prophet of God, why didn't these priests say, believe that he was a prophet of God? And therefore, if they couldn't see John as a prophet, then we can't trust them to tell us who Jesus is. If they're saying Jesus is not a prophet, it is not from God, well, maybe we shouldn't believe that because they didn't believe John. And we know John was a prophet, so a lot of this was probably more for the benefit of the people around them certainly the apostles, and Jesus now is getting more and more of this persecution laid upon him by those who are coming from the religious institutions, and this is always the case. Those that are religious are often the worst persecutors of Christians. This certainly happened in the Middle Ages and even Nazi Germany. There was a lot of persecution that came through the Catholic Church. Sorry. Catholic friends out there, but just read your history. And I won't say it came from the Catholic people at all. It came from the Pope. It came from the hierarchy. And of course, you can pick on different things happened in the Protestant church too. Luther was, as great as he was, was also anti-Semite. And so he did not help any. And the persecution, at least the mental state of Christians on the persecution of the Jews. But anyway, so... Let's, I guess let's just move on. We'll go into, there's a lot we could go into the debate of the fig tree, but without picking that to pieces right now, I'm 
probably just better to move on. Prayer for peace, Charles Spurgeon. And seek the peace of the city, whether I have caused you to be carried away captives, and pray unto the Lord for it. For in the peace thereof shall ye have peace, Jeremiah 29.7. The principle involved in this text would suggest to all of us who are the Lord's strangers and foreigners that we should be desirous to promote the peace and prosperity of the people among whom we dwell. Especially should our nation and our city be blessed by their constant intercession. An earnest prayer for your country and other countries is well becoming in the mouth of every believer. Eagerly let us pray for the great boon of peace both at home and abroad. If strife should cause bloodshed in our streets, or if foreign battle should slay our brave soldiers, we should all bewail the calamity. Let us therefore pray for peace and diligently promote those principles by which the classes at home and the races abroad may be bound together in bonds of amity. That's a really good suggestion, and we are the people that, <laughs> that God uses to intercede for the things going on in the world. And there's a number of things going on in the world. I mean, just bizarre, bizarre things going on in the world. And it is it is unraveling. Everything is unraveling. Everything that was concealed is now being unconcealed, is being revealed. And we're seeing the true colors of those who have been running the world for quite a while, but have that small elite circle, which is apolitical. It's just completely <laughs> demonic in a sense. That's not in a sense outright. They are the group that is doing everything possible to usher in Lucifer, Satan, as the ruler of the world, as the Christ, the coming one. And if we did not know Scripture, and if we did not know the, how well prophecy has been played out and how Daniel, the 70th week Daniel, has played out and will play out, we'd all go, this is crazy, this is conspiracy stuff. But most of you now, that... 20 years ago, thought this was all goofy, are going, mm -mm, not anymore. This is real. This is happening. Including even some of these natural disasters. We are now finding out that some governments have some control over some of these disasters. Whether it can create a, a tidal wave, whether it can create a, a earthquake, or create... Um, different atmospheric weather events. There is a lot of information out there. If you go dig for it, that they've been researching this stuff for the last 50 years and have, uh, to some degree, a control over it. And so they're using these things. So we want it to, to be praying that the Lord, that the God of heaven will allow us more time uh, to reach out to the hurting and the lost before it all comes crashing in on us. And we believe, thankfully, that he's going to take us out of here before that. But there's things going on that are um, that are kind of otherworldly in a sense. They're hard to even wrap your mind around. So we want to be praying and interceding for these things. So let's do that now. God, we look expectantly to the things you want to do through them uh, in these latter days. 
So uh, we do ask for a special protection on their president, that you help him as he's got many difficult decisions to make as this war becomes closer and closer, God. And it's not, it's not 10 years away. Father, this thing could start, they could start launching these nuclear missiles within the year. They could, something could happen and is likely to happen, but we don't know. Uh, but by your power, you can hold all this back. So we pray for, by your power, you can t- hold it back. We pray by your power, you hold back the World War Three, the whole thing going on with Russia, United States, Ukraine, and the insanity going on there with the, the, with the UN. And what that's all about, God, is so utterly, completely <laughs> globalistic domination. It's, it's not difficult to see what they're trying to accomplish. So we pray that you would keep that at bay, keep it stopped, and you would bring in um, level-headed, moral, and Christian um, leaders, advisors to stop this war, stop the suffering. God, there's so many people homeless, have nothing, have no food, have no jobs. It's winter. We have everybody in Europe that is now going into the, the some difficult times ahead with no food and no energy. God, we have these viruses popping up again. We've got so many things going on, but um, we will continue to walk in strength and walk in peace. And you said that you could provide for us, that you would take care of us. So we uh, just look for our daily bread, and we thank you for it. But at home, God, heal our bodies and heal those that are hurting. Dean and his whole family that need your specific touch, God, for some very specific healing, as well as Kevin and Lee, God, they, they really, really just just touch them and make them completely whole. Thank you for their their faith and their steadfastness and their belief and their trust in you. And everyone else that's struggling with these cancer issues and having so many difficult things thrown at them. And uh, Father, it, it's not fair why they suffer so much sometimes, and many of us don't, but we do ask that you would give them an extra measure of your grace and your presence and your love and help them to feel loved in the body as well, and that we would be those hands and those arms reaching out to them during these difficult times. And and all those that are struggling with, with jobs and struggling with everything, now trying to get back on track because of these long uh, days of isolation or lack of work or anything else, God, just help it all come together for us. So we thank you, God. Praise you for this day. Special blessing for all those, God, that are new and listening to the program that you might indwell them, overfill them, God, to fill them to overflowing and just uh, help them have a blessed, blessed day in you. In Jesus' name, amen. So that will do it. Thank you guys for being with us. And uh, those that you were at church last night, it was awesome. Great to see you guys. As always, Second Kings got some great stuff in there with Elisha and what's going on there. And and we're going to be in Revelation again this Sunday, so it's really heating up in in the in the timeline things as we're going into these things going happening in the tribulation, which all applies to our future. So you want to make sure you catch that. So God bless you guys. Keep your minds set upon things above. That's this. That's the answer. Even with what's going on in your life here, even when things are cloudy and 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 going crazy and everything seems to fall apart, that's when God says that's the best time to set your mind on things above. And all these other things will start coming in perspective and make sense, and God will make sense of them for you. So God bless you. We will see you 
tomorrow. Bye-bye. 